Pippin is the most underrated character ever. I don't care what you say, Pam. I'm in the, I'm in mid rant and I'm not stopping. Okay, that skeleton was gonna fall down that well eventually, due to decay and the natural order of things. That Balrog was gonna wake up and be dramatic because he woke up for no reason because there was no, there was nothing there. But then also, I mean, there's all honestly the same. Yeah. Yeah, you hate waking up for no reason, so with the Balrog, and you know what, I think in order for the plot to have continued, the Balrog would have gotten out of bed, and would have gone and found Gandalf and killed him so that the plot could actually be solved. So, but you know what, Pippin saved the, tr- the Balrog the trouble. So, you're welcome. Just so everybody knows, she went on this rant. I waited with my hand hovering over the record button, trying to imply, hey, we should record... And she said, you should just record me now. And I said, no, I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. And so she stopped ranting for about 10 seconds, so I thought it was over, pressed record, opened my mouth to say the usual greeting, and Aaron just kept going. So, on that note, hi, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Aaron's grinning right now. She's having the best morning ever. Um, it's snowing, it's windy, it's cold, and she's thriving, because mm-hmm. she's not a because real I'm human. Because I'm sitting inside with a warm cup of coffee in my hands, and I walked outside, and it was chilly and brisk, and it was pretty, and now I'm sitting with coffee, so thus the world is right. Papers don't exist at the moment, books don't exist at the moment, this is all, this is, it's only that me and my coffee and the snow outside, and it is lovely. So welcome right. to It's Not an Allegory. <laughs> I'm Pam, and this is my co-host, Erin, who's ridiculously happy about snow on the ground this morning. <laughs> you can cut out the usual intro because you hate me right now. I, I don't hate you. I just wanted to make a jab about your love of snow. You ah. are lovely, oh. and I do think you're absolutely like, wow, she, wonderful. <laughs> I say one good thing about snow, and she immediately mm. retracts all the nice things she ever says yep. about me. <laughs> That's my one compliment a week, Pam. I need it. I compliment you every two hours. <laughs> That's a lie. I know. I insult you every two hours. So that my, exactly. So that my and you make compliment up for it once a week. Much more. <laughs> once a week, you make up for it by saying something nice about yep. me. That's okay. So Pam, I was I was gonna ask you a question about snow, and I decided not to because I already made up for it by ranting about Pippin and a Balrog. And because um, I pouted. The anyone hasn't watched weekend? Lord of the Rings, just go watch Lord of the Rings. Like, what are you even doing here? Go watch Lord of the Rings. There's it's better a, things yeah. to be doing, such as watching, watching Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Can you tell I like Lord of the Rings a little bit? No, um, I never got that. No, no one ever would have guessed. What's your least favorite and your favorite bird? My Pam? least favorite? Oh. And oh, why? gosh. Okay, I, I hate magpies. <laughs> I, I, I literally <laughs> want to so remove... Like, I'm... I'm not someone who likes killing animals. I saw a dead deer that somebody shot yesterday and it made me cry. Did you cry um, when I shot a deer? I gagged when I saw the picture. Oh. It wasn't even gross. I it was a deer that you blood. killed and that was enough. Oh well, okay. Continue. I like I know where my food comes from. I'm yeah. not naive. I know. And I just deer meat. and I eat it and I enjoy it. I just can't see the dead animal. Okay, you know that's with, fair. With can... fur and antlers, and I just think there's a little baby. It's co- it's not going home to anymore, and it's it makes just me so want to cry. That, uh, male deer do not go home to their babies, um, their butt heads. That's oh. why we shoot them. 
You shoot them for their antlers, you fool. <laughs> well, and because they're delicious. I mean, the one I killed didn't have any Okay, antlers, anyway. But anyways. Um, but magpies are the definite exception to that. Yeah. If someone kills a magpie, I... You ha- you're happy? Mm. Almost? I, I, there's, there's no pity okay. in me. Which it takes a lot to not get pity. You know, I know what you're going to say for your favorite bird, and I'm going to laugh because you're they're actually very not. closely related. You're not. Wait, that's not my favorite bird. Not your favorite bird? Okay, you it's, like blue jays. I like blue jays a lot. That's really funny because they're very close cousins and they do really the exact same thing and they're just as annoying. Just one is prettier than the other. Um, also, I don't have many blue jays around red deer. I like blue jays around down there yeah, all the time. Yeah, like... Put out peanuts. Magpies. They like peanuts. Oh. There are no magpies in my Oh, town. we have so many magpies. That's mm. all you see is magpies. And, like, I lived, I, we built our house in, like, a new neighborhood, and for, like, five years, we didn't get any songbirds. We just had magpies. Whoa. Like, they scared the crows away. They were so mean. And, like, they were aggressive, too. Like, yeah. I just hate magpies. Okay. I think they're annoying. Uh, favorite bird goes <laughs> back and forth between, I, I love owls a lot. Mm-hmm. I especially, I love burrowing owls. Oh, they're so cute. And I love great horned owls, and I love snowy owls. Whenever I see a snowy, a snowy owl, I You I'm need make, to come to my home know. because we go for walks at night and there's owls. I know. Ty and I go for drives around here and there's owls. Yeah. There's so many owls. And I, I see make snowy him, owls sometimes, yeah. too. I make him stop the car awesome. every time. Yeah, Because cool. I need to see the owls. We see great horns. Mm-hmm. We see... And I, mostly great horn and snowy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen a burrowing owl. They're cute. They're more down, they're more down south here, actually. Yeah, I love them, and they're I love cute. barn owls. I love. I love barn owls. They're so. They cute. look so wise. Yeah. They're really r- stupid, actually. Owls are just the cats of the sky. Yeah. That's probably why you like them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's got this <laughs> really stupid grin on her face. And they're a little bit. Everyone. They're just a right amount of like majestic, but also spooky, and it's what I strive for. And then they crash into things, and they're really dumb. Yeah. 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 My dad killed an owl this summer, and he cried. Oh. It was really sad. It was really sad. We hit it with our car. Shoot. <laughs> well, it was. It flew out in front of you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was being And Dad dumb. was like, it's a bat, it's a bat, it's a bat. And then the next morning he went and checked the car and there was feathers. And he was like, it wasn't a bat! <laughs> so you would have been crying if it was a I bat. I would have cried. I cried it because it was an owl. Those are like my two. I also really love hummingbirds. <laughs> bat is your second favorite yeah. bird? Yeah, bat <laughs> is my second favorite bird. <laughs> Those are like my two animals that just make me feel warm and fuzzy. Um, I, I love watching I hummingbirds. Owl. They're astounding to me. I love hummingbirds. I think that they're majestic and, like, fairies don't exist, but hummingbirds hummingbirds do. do. Well, you can't prove fairies don't exist. I can't prove fairies don't exist. Part of me thinks that fairies do exist in, like, the part of me that's just, like, I want to live in a mythical world, so I'm just going to choose to live in a mythical world. It's, like, half of me, because the half half of me is Scottish, and so things like like fairies and... And tro- I don't know, just like mm-hmm. the lore really intrigues me. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, well, you know, I can't prove. Actually, I, I'd go with a, an approach that I read in the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis, in which at the beginning of time, it was like all of the options for all the things was like a, a line going like an x-axis. Mm-hmm. And then as every decision that is made has narrowed the 
amount of choices, the amount, mm-hmm. the room for everything until we come to a peak. And we are somewhere close to the peak. And so there's no room for things like dragons and fairies and elves and all those kinds of things. Aliens. There may have been room for them in the past. I don't know. I can't prove it. I, I like history. So usually as soon as I go into history stuff, it's like, well, no, it's, it's explainable. But there's too many things that aren't explainable that I'm kind of like, you know what? There was room for it at some point. Aliens. And we just don't have room for them anymore. And I believe that when you hit the peak, at, when which there's mm-hmm. nothing else to be done, that is when Jesus returns. Mm-hmm. I just like hummingbirds. That is my very brief explanation on that theory. If you're confused by that, there's a whole lot more, and I shouldn't go into it because I will spend the rest of this podcast talking about it. I also have secondhand hatred for woodpeckers. I like woodpeckers. Um, I like they're I, annoying. Sometimes. Yeah, my dad has like this feud but with woodpeckers. Really funny. I think they're so hilarious. Carried. They're just, it's just like Kate, God has got a sense of humor. First yep. off, that tongue is hilarious. And it is made so that they don't concuss themselves and die immediately. Yep. But, and actually, hummingbirds are proof that yep. we can't, like, there's no evolution. They are, that can't evolve. But it's like that bird looked at a tree and thought, I'm going to bang my head against it. I think that's hilarious. It's true. See. <laughs> because that's how God made it, and that's awesome. And I, I used just think to, that's what God is. God's I used to humor. think they're great. But then my dad, one time, oh. he worked, he used to be the director at a camp. And his window for his bedroom, was right by this metal pole. Oh, and at no. 5 a.m. every day for a summer, this a woodpecker. stupid woodpecker. That was the <laughs> Lord telling your dad to get up early and read his Bible. And my I dad, guarantee that is... My dad tried scaring the thing There are no away. accidents or coincidences. He, he, the my, Lord was using it for his sanctification. My dad set cats on this thing, and it just kept coming back. Like It had all of its friends. They, You know what? That bird yeah. wasn't getting up at 5 a.m. Every, every day. Oh, no. He was only a weekday bird. He yeah. had a friend on weekend shifts mm-hmm. and, like... <laughs> oh, and, like, my dad just feels so much, like, he's fascinated by them, but he gets so annoyed every time he sees a woodpecker just by default, and that annoyance got passed on to me, and so every time I think of a woodpecker, I can just, like, in the back of my mind, hear the and I just, oh. What a stupid bird. Yeah, it was so stupid, like, just for an hour. At like it wouldn't stop. Like my dad's convinced that this one actually did have some brain damage because it wouldn't, like it wouldn't just take a hint and say, "Oh, there's no worms here, better go." No, it just kept going for it. The reason I ask about birds and why we're talking about mm. birds is that we are drinking a brand new coffee. We are from one Travis Johnston at Meadowlark mm-hmm. Coffee Roasters. And this is some beautiful coffee. I'm almost done it yeah. because I was just it's so happy pleasant. to drink it that I just kept going and going and it's going. It's a bright it flavor. Is nice. It's smooth. It's this is going to be the new espresso at yeah. Canteen. Everybody, I can't wait. Just so you all know, I'm living uh, my best if life. If you haven't bought anything from the Canteen, first off, what are you doing with your life? I make new exciting drinks for you all. Half so of our listeners come. don't go to the school. That's true. So if you do go to the school, you should head to the canteen and get new coffee. But um, yeah, so we're we're gonna be out of the the Toledo that mm-hmm. we usually have at canteen, and this this is amazing. Um, Travis told me it's got a smooth milk chocolate and nuts of Brazil, the sweet floral and fruit notes of the Columbia Peaberry, which is mm-hmm. what we had last week. I love the Columbia, and the dark chocolate punch of the India Cherry Robusta, mm-hmm. and it is. 
so smooth. This is so pleasant. It's very pleasant black. Like, this is just pour-over black coffee. Um, Travis recommended it would be good as an espresso with milk. So I can picture this as a latte, mm -hmm. like a little stronger. Oh. And it would be so glorious because the milk would bring out the nuttiness. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, like this would be a coffee Oh, I that, can't wait for this. You know, this. just like a flat white. Ooh, that would be so glorious just as a flat white and nothing else. Like, mm. I, I I understand why people want sweetener in their coffee. It's too bitter. It's an acquired thing. But just just treat yourself and just try a really well-made latte with no flavoring in it. I'm not even asking for you have black. You can work your way up to that. But just a nice latte or flat white. Flat white has less foam and it's a less milk than a latte. So it's got more espresso to it. Man, I love coffee. I love coffee so much. This is so beautiful. And it, like, plays all around your mouth. Like, it starts kind of at the back. and It's weird. It starts at the back and works its way to the front. Like, in where the flavors become really strong. And I'm so happy right now. It's really lovely. And so, we get to name it. What are we going to name it, though? Can we name it after an owl? Yes. Because I feel like, A, coffee keeps people awake. Uh-huh. Like owls. This would keep you awake. This it's would a keep bright you awake. Yeah. It's it's got a bright flavor. Mm-hmm. We could name it. Um, I feel like after I just insulted owls for being the cats of the sky, that I shouldn't be agreeing to it. Because this is a good cup of coffee, so ignore all my previous statements about owls being stupid. Because I mean they are. They are stupid, but they are majestic. They are majestic. And they're also they can be smart. Like they're their hunting techniques mm. are smart. Mm. They're... It could be after the burrowing owl because it makes me just want to like yeah. burrow into my chair yeah. and have co cozy things and but, drink it. But also, <laughs> like, I see so many snowy owls here. Oh, yeah. I would call it like a snowy... A, snowy owls are bright color. Like a bright white. Mmm. They're bright, yeah. Yeah. And... They're beautiful. And they're real and smooth. They're real smooth. Real smooth. And this and is a smooth cup. This is a smooth cup of coffee. And <laughs> the little brown flecks are like little bits of chocolate. <laughs> Throw into it. <laughs> and they make me smile. And this coffee makes me smile. I don't know if we actually are officially naming it. I don't think so. I think we're just, our suggestion might be taken a little stronger yeah. than everyone else's suggestion. Um, yeah. Perks of being if he's getting other people's suggestions, he might just be like, "Yeah, I'll just let them feel nice and fuzzy for a second. You know what? And I'm okay with pretending that yeah. I'm naming this cup of coffee. Snowy Owl. Just yeah, you know what? I'm I'm down with that name. Snowy Owl. And they're native nice. to here. And and this was made here. This was made here by Travis and your fiance. Yeah, they both came up with it. They did. So my fiance makes good coffee. Oh my goodness, can we name it the Latin name for the snowy owl? What is it? The Bubo Scandiacus. Scandiacus. <laughs> sorry, that's hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's such a majestic bird. It's also known as the polar owl, the white owl, and the arctic owl. Snowy owls are native to the arctic regions of both North America and the Palearctic Breeding mostly on the tundra. Yeah, we get them here in Saskatchewan. Because we're mean? living in, in the, the tundra. Flipping tundra. <laughs> yes, we do. <sighs> Not technically, but yes. Um, Ty took me to where we're probably going to move. And I looked out to the horizon. 
And you saw nothing. And there was nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Southern Saskatchewan is kind of a butt for that. Because there is nothing. <laughs> nothing as far as the eye can see. <laughs> but in, we make up for it with pretty sunsets. It's true. And stars. I yeah. love stars. Yeah. 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 We have sunsets like no other. It's just true. Saying. It's true. Mm-hmm. I do love that year. So is Saskatchewan your thorn in the flesh, Pam? Southern Saskatchewan is. Okay. That's Snow my segue is, it is into really our topic segue. for today, which yeah. <laughs> we're, we were taking our sweet time getting to that, hey? <laughs> yeah, it's not a fluffy topic. It's not. Okay, so why don't you introduce our topic here? Okay, so this is actually... You know, I've procrastinated getting here, but this is actually one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Is the thorn in the flesh. Um, it comes from Second Corinthians 12. I'm definitely in the wrong book because I flipped this. First Corinthians, which is a 12, which is the fruits of the spirit. Yep. Um, that's so that's that's good. I definitely recommend that ta- chapter. Excellent. But Second um, Corinthians 12. Second Corinthians 12 is probably one of the most influential passages in my life currently Mm. um it's one that i studied for probably i'm not kidding almost six months i just studied this passage um did lots of reading on it and did lots of studies throughout scripture on certain phrases in it um and yeah i love it because paul uses this expression thorn in the flesh um and we all kind of, as Christians, take that expression and use it to describe every inconvenience. Mm. Hence um, why, yeah, I asked her if hence the, Saskatchewan was her thorn yeah. in the flesh. That was, that was a bit more of a joke, poking fun at this, uh, but at that, that use, that out of context mm-hmm. use that's used often. And, yeah, it's something that has been on my mind a lot lately. Um, and so we're going to talk about that but the part I want to focus on, because it's the part that people kind of neglect when they talk about the thorn in the flesh, is why Paul had a thorn mm. in the flesh. Because and, it, should we just read it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, beginning in chapter 7. So, to keep me from becoming conceited... Verse because, 7. Verse 7. <laughs> that's what I said. So, to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I love that passage so much. Me too. It's just, it gives me chills every time. It, yeah. Like, because I often, I picture it when he says, he said to me, I, I imagine an audible voice. He, it might not have been audible. It's very possible it wasn't. And it was just um, the prompting of the spirit encouraging Paul. But I always picture an audible voice. And it just gives me chills every time. I just hear such a gentle voice. Like, I... I always, I often picture Christ's voice when I'm listening. I don't know, like, I listen to audio dramas and stuff where, where someone might be playing Christ, you know? And there's some voices that do it really well and there's some that don't. And I love the ones that have, like, 
so often they use like a really deep voice like they want someone who sounds like deep and strong mm-hmm. and, and very uber masculine kind of thing but actually in adventures and odyssey i think it oh it's one of the one of the directors i think it's paul mccusker does it and he has a very soft voice and it just sounds so nice when he when he voices christ in scripture and quotes him because it just it always sounds so gentle and just so lovely but not weak Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I hear that voice when I read this, like, my grace is sufficient for you. It's like, ooh, ooh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a hard passage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a passage that I wrote a paper on last year. And when I told my dad I was writing my paper on this passage, he texted me and said, congratulations, you chose the passage that is why, that is the reason most people don't preach through for Second Corinthians. Well done. And this is not the first time he's texted me that. Like, I just have this thing for choosing passages to write papers on that he's just like, Pam, why would you, you know, nobody wants to talk about this passage. And I'm like, hey. See, and I just can't imagine why you wouldn't. Um, Because you have to explain what a thorn in the flesh is. As well but do as, you? Well... Do you really you need don't, to explain what it is? You need to. Well, as okay, well as, those people should calm down mm-hmm. and just like but the other he, thing he says later it's like in weaknesses insults hardships mm-hmm. persecutions calamities at the very least you could think okay what are my hardships and calamities and paul oh, is yeah. encouraging us in well, that well the other thing that people very don't least. like is having to explain and exegete what the previous context is mm. where he goes into paradise yeah out of body because of the and that's why These he has revelations. a mm. And so nobody wants to talk about that. I, I don't think it's quite necessary to be encouraged by this passage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but, the, the truth that Christ's grace is sufficient for us yeah, is applicable to all Christians. Is. And whatever, you, at the very least, mm-hmm. you can look at what your struggles are and you can be encouraged by that. My dad preaches through entire books, so. Yeah. yeah I know he, you need to touch on it, yeah. but you don't, you shouldn't avoid it. I think it's a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it's good to avoid a passage in scripture because you find it a little bit tricky. You know, you can and controversial and, and controversial. Yeah, I hate dividing. that. <laughs> well, if scripture is divisive, then someone's reading scripture and someone should read scripture more. <laughs> That's. I don't scripture. It's not going to change. Just saying. I don't know. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm getting a little fired up about things that we didn't mean to talk yeah, about today. I've noticed. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. This passage is interesting when you study it as a whole. Um, but it's one that like kind of like for or Philippians 4:13 people just kind of cherry pick. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I can make through and this is my this is my struggle and this is my thorn in the flesh and you're not wrong but there's more the point isn't the thorn in the flesh though no paul uses, <laughs> yeah that's what we're going to talk about yeah. probably this whole podcast paul uses that term once in this mm-hmm. he talks about god's grace every other verse that's the point. Can you tell we talk about grace a lot on this show? Can I you think tell we... I love grace. 
Don't we all? I, or shouldn't well, we all? Shouldn't we all? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, another thing is that people... Okay, let's just get back into the words for a second. When it says thorn, it does not mean thorn. It... Literally. Literally. Yeah. Um, first off, he didn't fall in a rose bush. <laughs> he didn't... He wasn't plagued by a rose thorn that was just perpetually in his side, although that's annoying. Um... And that some people hold that view. Yeah, it, but it was literal, or it was symbolic. In symbolic yeah, and also almost allegorical, almost. But it's not inter- supposed to be interpreted as a rose thorn, or you know the thistle in your mom's garden. The proper interpretation would be like a giant stake, mm-hmm. driven into his flesh, like. It's not just a mild inconvenience where you get some tweezers and pull it out and it stings and you put some polysporin on it and you're fine. Mm-hmm. No, this is like an intense searing cutting pain that's going deep and feels like it's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we joke about this verse and like, oh, yes, Saskatchewan is my thorn in the flesh. It's not. It's, it's not. really not. I actually love Saskatchewan. It's just cold and flat. And windy. And windy. Yeah, and you don't like wind. I don't like but, wind. But, yeah, we, we do, we use it, and we yeah. use it in jest. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. But. I've studied enough, I feel like I should. Or <laughs> I'm okay, because I understand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> joke about things once you've studied them, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> so that you can at least joke in context. Exactly. Keep your jokes in context. <laughs> It's not heresy if your jokes are in context. Exactly. I'm sorry, Travis. <laughs> if you listen to this. He's just shaking his head Yeah. Right so, oh. like, but, I don't know. And we used to talk about, we've been talking about this passage since my first year. Yeah. Um, this is a passage that came up a lot. Um, I remember once you were having a really rough day and I just opened up to this passage. Yeah. And read it and you were like, that's my favorite passage. And yeah. it was just such a cool moment. It is. And partially because... It's really humbling. Mm. It also, in my opinion, hot take time, it provides a lot of perspective into mental illness. And that's my hot, hot take. take. Hot take. Um, hot, hot take alert. Yeah, I, I love it. It's so fun. Um, but <laughs> Oh, don't worry. We'll have many more. Oh, we have so many. But the first time we unpacked this passage, you just kind of sat there and you looked at me and you said, I wonder if Paul's thorn was depression. And we just kind of both sat there, and we hummed, and we hawed, and we were just like, huh, there's nothing saying it's not. You know what, I actually, okay, I am not saying that is what it was. I cannot definitively say this was Mm -hmm. Paul's thorn, because we don't know, and it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. But I do have my theories, okay? And my theory is that it was... The one I think is the most valid is depression, Mm -hmm. because based on Paul's personality, from what we know of him, from his background, Mm -hmm. um, from what he was giving up in becoming a Christian, all of these things from his imprisonment, all of these things. Lots of persecution. Would attribute to depression, like depressive tendencies. He, his writing leans that way a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. But then also. Joy. Going into it, like, that's why he talks Mm -hmm. about joy the way that Mm -hmm. he does. That's why he relies so much on Christ and how Mm -hmm. he learned, which we know from this passage, he Mm -hmm. learned that he's content with his weaknesses Mm -hmm. because 
Christ's grace is sufficient yeah. for him. I think the way he talks about it is about one who has those kind of thoughts mm-hmm. going in their heads. Like, you know, like that lack of motivation to do anything, that lack of mm-hmm. that lack of joy through circumstances mm-hmm. brings about depressive tendencies in Paul's yeah. life. That's where I would land the most, but I cannot I don't yeah, say we don't that's know. what it was. Don't take me out of context. Like but, I just yeah. lean that way. It Only joke really out of context. Don't take Aaron out of context. Exactly. Don't take me out of context either, please. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's where I'd land. Yeah. I heard, I, I've discussed some theories that um, perhaps it was homosexuality. Because. Mm-hmm. Heard that one. Yeah. Paul talks very strongly about it. And it would just kind of make sense. I don't, there's not a lot of, I haven't done a lot of study on that mm-hmm. one. Um, a common one. theory is also his eyesight. He, yeah. um, there's a lot of things talking about her, uh, how he was a little bit hard of sight in Lincoln. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Like, he writes, yeah. he says, I'm writing so big, and the fact that he uses a scribe yeah. all the time. I don't know if that, it might not have been his thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. I think he had bad eyesight. Yeah. Pretty sure he did, because, like, he talks mm-hmm. about dimming eyes and things yep. like that. Also, the his conversion, in which he was blind, mm-hmm. could have left him with a residual mm-hmm. eye problem that progressively got worse as he aged. Also, a lot of people eyes get worse as they grow yeah, older. it's kind of how that works. Kind of how that works. And so, I don't know if that was mm-hmm. his thorn in the flesh, but he probably did have one. Yeah, sight, and so. like, this is a lot of speculation. Oh, obviously. Mostly This is one of my favorite things to do, is speculate on what that thorn is. Yeah. But the, the point, again, is not his thorn. And that's what we get wrapped up in. Even in this conversation, you know, we're speculating about what it was. And he specifically didn't mention it because that wasn't the focus. Mm. His focus was he was going, he was struggling and yet he was going to proclaim God's grace regardless. And like this actually, like, yeah, this rings true to me in my life regularly. Like just, I don't know. I find myself, one of the most, most common prayers I pray when I'm like, I, have depression. I don't know if you guys picked up on that uh, through this what? podcast. I know it's a I big no shock. Um, and so, like, depression and anxiety are two of my biggest struggles. And insomnia, hmm. I guess we can add to that because it kind of ties. And so there are, day, like, weeks of the school year well, where I'm shaking because I'm stressed and anxious. I have no motivation because I'm depressed. And I probably haven't slept in a week. And... The prayer that I end up praying comes from this, and it's just like, okay, Lord, if you can't, if you won't take this thorn from me, glorify yourself through it. Mm. And basically, by the end of the week, I've come to the realization every time that in everything I do from there on out, it's to bring God's glory because I can't do anything. I can't do anything in that state of mentality. Like, I'm Mm. just a wreck. I can't spell my name hardly because I'm such a disaster and yet I'm able to hand in papers and I'm able to lead worship and I'm able to find some form of joy in it and it's just a testimony to God's grace Mm. by the end of the week because there's no way I can do it myself and that's the point so when I say you know yeah I've had a rough week but she means a rough I mean a rough week but I'm praying that God's grace through that is sufficient mm. to be displayed through that. 
and not just like as a slap on the like a band-aid on a bullet hole like yeah god's grace is gonna cover this one like no you just quote your own poetry no i quoted taylor swift Ah. actually which is quoting an older quote like i don't know everybody says band-aids don't fix bullet holes Mm -hmm. and taylor swift just solidified it for me in my brain so i love taylor swift fun fact little caveat there I I just I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift. I didn't use that word right, did I? No, you didn't. I didn't. That's okay. It's, it's one of my okay. favorite words, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I Keep did going. it specifically to make you mad. No, you didn't. <laughs> Continue. I kind of did. I'm your thorn in the flesh. I want to argue with you, but I don't know. If I can. <laughs> so I'd love to say I, something nice, like "No, you're not, Pam," but then. Uh, I keep you awake a little too often. Just a little but, bit. But, yeah. You, like, you've given me one or two gray hairs. When we're at our weakest is when the gospel is most clearly displayed. God doesn't pick perfect people. No. And we see that through scripture. You know, you look at Saul. But he intentionally picks the lowest. Yeah. He intentionally he picks, like, the worst and, like, the least of these. Yeah. Of all of David's brothers. His older, stronger, handsome brothers, tall and of stature. He picked the little little shepherd boy who was still out in the fields. Yep. Yep. Who had who had a handsome face and brilliant eyes. Yep. That was it. That was it. And it was just a little boy. Yeah, that's that's picked, the pattern throughout scripture. Yeah. And the 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 All man he picked scripture. in that story ended up being one of the greatest kings who Who also, in a sense, if you were to sum up all of his works, was Kind Lord, of garbage. Well, well, he was garbage. But I mean, yeah. he sum up his poetry in the songs. Oh, yeah. uh, it would be, Lord, I am a sinner, mm-hmm. and I need your grace to be sufficient. Yeah. And your grace is sufficient for me. Kind of like what Paul's saying. Like oh, what Paul's it's saying. Like they're saying the same yeah. thing. And so <laughs> it's like it's the same God who doesn't change. Wow! Wow! Amazing! It's almost like his grace is sufficient for everyone, and not just David, and not just Paul, and not just. The apostles and not just the early church, it, it carries on. I wonder if the Lord likes how sarcastic we are about scripture. I wonder if he doesn't approve of that. Anyways, If continue. he uses Todd Friel, I feel like he uses <laughs> Todd Friel. I love Todd Friel. I know you do. That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I also appreciate Todd Friel's ministry. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it. I don't know. I've rambled a lot. I just that's think, good. you know, and I'm... I'm sharing my testimony in two weeks. This week? I'm not really sure when. We haven't really given me a timeline. I'm just going with the flow. And reflecting with, in light of this passage, what God's done in my life. Mm. It's truly a picture of how his grace is enough. Mm. And not, like, he genuinely gives us the grace we need to get through each day. Regardless of what happens, we know that he is providing the strength for us. Mm. With that, whatever, like, yeah, I gave pretty intense examples of mental illness. And there are even more intense examples if you look at the Middle East right now, or you look at China and Christians in China, or Christians anywhere else in the world. Mm. You know, there's so many pictures of people who are faithful to the word of God and are able to go through intense suffering and intense thorns mm-hmm. because God's grace gives them the strength to go through. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing to me. Mm. Like, 
people looking at my life and seeing, and there's a lot of brokenness, there's a lot of sin, there's a lot of hurt, and people being able to look at all of that as a whole and say, wow, God is amazing. It is amazing. Like, the amount of power in those statements, like, Mm -hmm. when you really stop and just think about Mm -hmm. what God's grace had him do, like, what what lengths he was willing to go to to show us how much grace he really has. Like, Mm -hmm. willing to become a man, sinful flesh, and Mm -hmm. dwell amongst us awful, awful sinners and die on a cross, die a brutal death on the cross. Like, I think Paul wants us to think about that. And he wants us to think, oh, right, a thorn, but also a a, a stake, almost like a nail, in a sense. The nail is driven through our Savior's hands. I read a... um, a commentary. That's more of a, a devotional they, takeaway. I wouldn't say that's necessarily. Yeah, I I read a commentary where because Romans used like giant stakes. Yeah, and so it's supposed to call like the one commentator said it's intentionally calling mm. back to that picture of suffering because it was in the Roman Empire. You yeah. knew, you, you saw knew what a Roman stake was gonna do. Yeah, and the other thing mm. is like God allowed it. In this passage? Yeah. And that's that was the hardest thing for me to wrap my brain around. Um, when it's, like... I'm reading a new translation, so this is fun. Um, so, in 7, it says, Therefore, so that I would not exalt, exalt myself, a thorn of the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And I hated that verse, mostly because I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I love that he says, was given. Yeah. It was a given to me. And that's the key thing. Is, you know, I regularly joke that God gave me mental illnesses because he knew I'd be too powerful without them. Which is just uh, mostly... Which you're only half joking because... I'm only half joking. Actually, though. Well, not like, too powerful. That uh, you'd be <laughs> too proud. I would be too proud. It was really to keep me humble. Yeah. It was because he knew I would boast in my own self a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I guess. Why would you ever cry out to him? Yeah. yeah. And so... Like, yeah, that's a heavy thing for me to think through. And, like, Mm -hmm. it goes to anything. Like, I know lots of people around me who have been through abuse, have been through intense sickness. Like, when this, when I hear this first, I actually think of my grandmother, who literally can, cannot make food like she cannot function she can't she is in pain in bed and standing so she'd rather at least be in pain in bed so that she can read a book Mm -hmm. like that's a lot of pain and she glorifies god for it and she praises god in the midst of it and she like she is able to have a very effective ministry even though she's in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just examples I see. Like, I don't know what anybody listening to this is going through. Um, but there's so much grace in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. The truth of the gospel is that Christ, Christ went through ultimate suffering in order to reconcile us to God. And he's going to be shaping us and molding us. And we go through suffering. That's the result of sin in the world. 
But part of that grace is also giving us hope that it's not going to last forever. Mm. Like, one day we're going to be in eternity because we can fellowship with God and we he has reconciled us to himself. Mm. There's, like, I can look forward to a day when my brain is not self-sabotaging me and... I can just I look forward to that day as well. Yeah, I know you look forward to that day. You just kind of sit there like, God, sooner that day comes, the better. (laughs) But like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like something that. Mm -hmm. This passage wants you to dwell on his power to deliver, but that he delivers in his own good timing. Yeah. And that you have to trust his plans to be good, even when Mm -hmm. you don't think it's not your definition of good. And Paul, I mean, it's, I mean yeah. I'm not saying that depression is a good thing. Yeah, it's no, not. it's not. It's not something that was pre-fall. It was mm-hmm. it's definitely a result of sin. But over and over we see how God allows these things to come about so that he can show how glorious he is. I think of like um, in the middle of Isaiah when Sennacherib and the Assyrian army were outside of the walls of Jerusalem. And everyone was starving and everyone's looking around like, well, Mm -hmm. this is it. This is it for Israel. Mm -hmm. God must have abandoned us because we can't be the covenant people if God would allow this kind of trouble to come upon us. That's basically probably was going through everyone's minds at that point and taking a little bit of artistic liberty in that. And then in the night, the angel of the Lord came down and struck down 180,000 of the men outside. Mm -hmm. And it just, and I mean, it's it's such an obscure passage, it seems, but it's such a key point in Israel's history in which, like, God delivered them. They can't look at that victory and say, oh, yeah, we did something to do that. Oh, yeah, we we got rid of Sennacherib. It's like, you did literally nothing. All you did was look outside the window and be like, where'd all the Assyrians go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just left in the middle? Why? <laughs> Why are, who are all these... Who killed all of these men and yep. made the Assyrians go home? It was the Lord and the Lord alone. Yeah. And you might not be at the point where you're looking at the victory that God has brought about, but you know it's coming. You can rest assured. Like, or you might not know, no, but you can study the scriptures and pray that the Lord makes you know. And the kind of knowledge that sinks deep into your heart and takes over your whole being that knowledge and assurance that he will accomplish what he says he will accomplish, which is to deliver. Mm-hmm. And, like, another thing that is overlooked is Paul was suffering, and he'd been blessed so much, and he, he was praying that God would heal him. Like, he didn't just say, I, oh, woe is me, I'm going to deal with this the rest of my life. He, mm. he prayed for healing and deliverance. Right. But when God said no, he didn't resent God for it. Mm. And mm, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Suffering is a result of sin. It's not God's intended plan for the world. But he can use it in marvelous ways. Mm. And he can impact your testimony in so many beautiful ways. Mm. By suffering and, you know, it's like, um, fire and glass Mm. and fire and gold or a hammer pounding away a metal and sculpting it Mm. into a beautiful thing. It's not 
It's a refiner's fire. Yeah, it's a yeah. refiner's fire. It's not, like, it's not his intended plan, mm. but that doesn't mean it's outside of his plan. I don't know if you've ever driven past where there's forest fires. Up yeah. north in Saskatchewan, there was All a lot of forest time. fires in 2015, and I drive up there to go to my cabin. And every time I drive past, I see all of these tall blackened stumps, which looks super cool, by the way. Yep. Like, where it's just, like, you can see for a long ways, even though it's dense forest, because it's just tall trees. But then the forest floor is covered in fireweed. Mm -hmm. I love that flower, because it usually grows where, it grows most where there were fires. Mm -hmm. And it is this beautiful purple flower that blooms mm -hmm. pretty much all summer long. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And it just covers. And so you just see this, like, you see the tall black and stuff. You see the sky, black sticks, essentially, and then just purple and green for for miles. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it's such a, it's a beautiful reminder of what beauty there is in in a refiner's, in suffering, right? That the, mm -hmm. that there is suffering, but the Lord brings about something amazing. And it's the Lord alone. You won't bring it out yourself. Don't mm -hmm. try. It's that that is fruitless and futile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thorns and thistles it will bring up for you. I I, I love the passage because there's thorns mentioned a lot in scripture. Thorns and thistles, it's a common phrase used. Maybe it's just a common Hebrew expression. I don't care, we're gonna study it anyways. Um, right at the beginning in Genesis three, uh, when they're finding out what the result mm -hmm. of their sin is, in verse eighteen it says thorns or um sorry, verse seventeen. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I command you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring up for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Mm -hmm. You're dust. We're dust. Mm -hmm. And our works are dust. Mm -hmm. And everything, we could get really ecclesiastical and say everything's meaningless, really. What's the point? Why does man toil under the sun when there's all these thorns and thistles growing up about us and making our life difficult? But first of all, we brought it on ourselves. So stay humble, folks. It's not like we deserve some less thistles or thorns, you know? I... I, I need to be reminded of that sometimes. Like, I have been a Christian my whole life. And sometimes I forget why I need grace. You know, and, and Pam and I have very different... Like, I need you in my life because you remind me, oh, right, I am sinful. No, sorry, in the nicest way possible. You became a Christian so recently, and you have such a beautiful love of grace that reminds me, oh, right, I need grace too. I forget I need grace. I need it desperately. <laughs> That's how... <laughs> I'm just sorry. a remindful, reminder. You remind me of how sinful I are. am. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's the anger, isn't it? It's the me me having a mental breakdown, and you just like ah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what it is. That that's the exact sound she makes. Just so everybody knows, whenever I have a mental breakdown, I realize that the wor my my initial wording of that probably wasn't the best. But anybody else would have taken it as an insult, but not myself. Fantastic. That's good. And, like, so the flip side of reading this passage in Second Corinthians is, oh, right, those thorns in my flesh are ones that I put there mm -hmm. or a result of 
living in a sinful world. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes it's ones I've put there. No, sorry, don't don't think all your suffering is your fault, please. That's not yeah. that's not the point. <laughs> not the point at all. But the point, whether or not it was brought about by our own foolishness, which is quite often, uh, or the foolishness of others, we can remember that God's grace is sufficient. What does sufficiency mean to you, Pam? hard because sufficient kind of when something's sufficient it means it it it's what you need you know it doesn't really go above and beyond that when something's sufficient when you do sufficient work on a project it mm. means you get like a c plus a b it was sufficient it was sufficient um it was just enough to pass and <laughs> that's not accurate for this no. Like, it is in that, you know, God's not giving me superhuman strength to just yeah. m- power through and just, like, wow, I'm gonna take all these problems and I'm just gonna flip it on its head and I'm gonna conquer the world. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what it is. It means that I'm gonna get through my day and it might mean me crying in the bathroom and it might mean me having a bit of a panic attack and it might mean me, like... It just, might mean that you have to still cry out to God every single day. It, it means that. But that he gives you just he, enough. He gives me enough to get through and the day. And at the right time. Yeah. It's it's enough grace to get through today. And it's when and you think that you have nothing mm-hmm. left. I, I am yeah. con- I'm thoroughly convinced of that. Um, and then it tomorrow, almost always is. that's going to be the same grace. It's it not is. grace that runs out. It's not grace mm-hmm. that just barely passes. Yeah, it's sufficient, but it goes above and beyond like sufficient would be me making it through the day and then sleeping for the next week because i can't have the strength to go on but he gives me sufficient grace for each day Mm. and he gives me enough for me to get through he gives you enough that you can boast all the more gladly of your weaknesses i can sit there and say wow i made it through today by God's strength and not myself. Mm-hmm. I love the paradox that Paul is trying to paint for mm-hmm. us here. Boasting in your weaknesses. If this all sounds like nonsense, it's not supposed to sound like something that makes sense. No, because it doesn't. It's, it doesn't. It really doesn't. But, Kate, think of, have you ever boasted in something that you were weak in, apart from gospel things, you know, when you were actually in moments of true contriteness? Like, I don't know. What's a weakness I have? Don't be too mean. You're not gentle. I'm not gentle. (laughs) She's gotten better. I've gotten a lot better. What if I were to boast in being not gentle and being a a bit of a jerk? I I would probably let you know just how much of a jerk you are. I'm not going to lie. I said don't be too mean. (laughs) I'm not saying I do that. I'm saying if you were boasting in your weakness. The point is that you're not, you don't do, I I was thinking like, Erin, you're really bad at getting up in the morning. Like, you're just bad at listening to your alarm clock. That kind of weakness. Oh, that but, too. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. I'm oh, sorry. You needed to communicate. I thought... I wasn't sure. Like, I'm just sitting here talking about you're my mental illness. You're supposed to read my mind, Pam. You're like, I'm I kidding. don't get out of bed no, in the morning. No, I am aware that that is a weakness <laughs> of mine. Uh, but imagine if I were to boast in how much I don't listen to my alarm clock. Yeah. yeah you wouldn't do that, right? It's 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 a parrot. It's I uh, would sit there and say, have you considered like what's fixing the, that? What's the word I'm looking for? Not paradox. It's it's backwards. 
it's ironic. turned inside ironic. It. Ironic. ironic it's ironic even it's we love it when paul's ironic we love irony a lot it's poetic irony it's very poetic irony is that boasting in the weaknesses but so that mm-hmm. christ's strength can shine yeah and that's the point it's it's been a dark podcast in a lot of ways but i hope it's been an encouraging podcast like i don't know i'm highly empathetic um and this week's been really hard for me in that like i've seen a lot of pain in people i really love and care about and a lot of thorns that people care carry and it's hard to see that but how beautiful of a picture is it that all of the people here are gonna go out and proclaim the gospel in the midst of that mm. and that makes me so happy in conclusion though at the same time you know you have your thorn but so does everybody else like everybody's so be gracious going through, with one another yeah like don't just de- demand grace from god and not show it mm. everyone's dealing with something and mm-hmm. it's something big every time it's big to them it's it's big to them yeah and if you were walking in their shoes it'd be big for you so don't just use your thorn as an excuse to be a thorn in somebody else please if you do <laughs> i will personally come and destroy you and hey, i won't feel bad hebrews talks about the thorns and thistles end is in fire they burn eventually. They do. Which, I mean, the passage is about apostates, but uh, it can be encouraging to think that our thorns do. Yeah. They're eventually thrown in the fire and burned. So continue continue in the strength of the Lord uh-huh. and not in your own. Please do not rely yeah. on your... That's a big thing in my testimony is that relying on the Lord's strength is the only one that will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the only one. My strength eventually just... Burns up, mm-hmm. putters out, I run out of gas, and then I'm just like, what do I do now? God's grace. Exactly. That's it. That's all you got. I hope that this podcast was able to give you a bit of encouragement in whatever thorn you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and Or a thorn you don't realize that you thorn have. that you don't realize that you have. I don't know. I don't know. If you like me, you forget yeah. that you require grace, and we mm-hmm. all need it. We all need it so desperately and just, Mm -hmm. I hope that we can all just praise the Lord Uh and how gracious he really is to us. Yeah. His grace is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. Lord sovereign, he will deliver in his good timing, not yours. You might think it's good timing. It's not. (laughs) Be blessed in the most chaotic way possible. And enjoy your coffee.